Well, we said we'd talk about it, so here we go. Pakistani Kashmir and Indian Kashmir. Let's dig in. Welcome everyone to the Lo-Fi Poli Sci Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Pickering, and that's right. Lo-Fi is in low fidelity, low quality, in your face, messy as can be, global news show. And here we're going to talk about that famous question, what's going on in the world today? And today, a very special episode, yes indeed, on Kashmir, Pakistan, and Kashmir, India. What they are, how it started, and where it's at today and going tomorrow. And we're doing this because, tragically... Violence has begun again in the region, and we will get to that. But first, let's set everything up, and let's turn back that dial, known as time, to the 17 and 1800s when Europe started to really, put bluntly, fuck up the entire world. Sorry, not sorry. Colonization pisses me off, and if you think colonization should be sugar-coated with flowery words to make it all more digestible... Well, you're listening to the wrong podcast, my friends, because I don't want you to easily digest colonization. Oh, no, no, no. I want you to look at it for real, for what it was, and all the pain and suffering it caused, and still does, and realize we're talking about real life that's going on right now at this very moment, because the story of Kashmir and the violence that continues there today is most certainly a post-colonial legacy. Now, where was I? Oh, yes. Back to the time where Europe started to fuck everything up in the entire world in the 1700s? Firstly, it was, and this is a bit ironic here because it is still happening today, but actually it was a multinational corporation that first invaded and took over India. It was the East Indy Trading Company. They took it over with their armies and their navies, and by the mid-1700s, they had the entire region taken over of what we now consider Pakistan and India and more. And then, a hundred years later, in the mid-1800s, the British government stepped in and took it over from them. And at that point, from mid-1800s on, it was a British colony. And just under a hundred years after that, we get to World War II, and the United Kingdom starts decolonization. Oh, and go ahead and get out your map and follow along whilst listening. It'll help out a bit, perhaps, to have a little bit of geographic context, a little perspective to this tale. So in 1947... Decolonization comes to India and Pakistan. Now remember, these newly independent countries were first off never ruled as independent countries, as the United Kingdom just drew lines on a map, and nor had they been independent in about 200 years. The borders? The UK just drew. They were arbitrary as hell. And in 1947, when those borders went into effect, a mass migration began of Hindu people leaving the newly created Pakistan and heading towards India, as well as Muslim people leaving the newly created India and heading towards Pakistan. It is estimated that in the year that follows, more than 15 million people migrated across that border, and more than 1 million people lost their lives to the violence and chaos that ensued, because of the reckless and fast-paced British exodus of the country. Sound familiar from current events? Let's keep going. Now, this is where things start to get even more messy, which is crazy to think, but they do. In 1947, certain individuals who controlled large portions of territory in Pakistan and India were allowed to declare their territory for India or Pakistan. Now, take a look at your map again. 
So the northern part of the border where India and Pakistan meet, the land directly north there, that's Indian Kashmir. And the land just north of that, and also partially to the west, is Pakistani Kashmir. Now, the Indian portion is actually called Jammu and Kashmir. Well, there, these two places, is the Kashmir in the news lately. I say lately, but the past 74 years. You see, in 1947, as is the case today, there was a Muslim-majority population with direct roots to Pakistan, and Pakistan claims those roots, as do the people. However, the administrator, well, at the very last moment, once an independence movement really started taking off within the district, he declared for India so that India would help put down this new independence movement and he could stay in power. So India moves in. That's what happens. And thus begins the nearly 80 years of conflict in Kashmir. Now, listen, that is a very abbreviated version of what happened. You should go back and look deeper into it, because it's a piece of history and of decolonization worth knowing. Perhaps if more people knew about it, more current events wouldn't be looking like it. But for 74 years now, hastily drawn lines and arbitrary decisions by colonizers and those in power afterward led to a Muslim-majority Kashmir being controlled by India. And to complicate matters even more, throw China into the mix in the 1960s as they started to claim some of the territory too. But we're staying focused and moving toward today. We're not going to touch that one yet. So over the past 74 years, India and Pakistan have fought three wars, though technically four, and have had lots of exchanging of gunfire and skirmishes over Kashmir. In fact, almost every year, there are news stories about the exchanging of gunfire between India and Pakistan in Kashmir. Every single year. Just watch international news and it will come up. Now, this brings us to the news coming out of Kashmir this week and last week. And if you've been reading the headlines, they'll mostly be saying things like militants kill civilian minorities or something to that effect. What they are talking about is that in Kashmir, Hindu and Sikhs are minorities and Muslim Pakistanis are the majority. And the militants they are talking about are independence fighters for Kashmir. Remember, one person's terrorist is another person's freedom fighter. All a matter of perspective and your own point of view. Now, that being said, we'll go ahead and say Lo-Fi Poli Sa does not advocate for violence for any, any reason. Because something we have learned from history is that violence, especially in recent times, only leads to more violence and animosity, and it doesn't cure a thing. Though I'm sure, if you tell that to people who've been under authoritarian rule for 74 years, well, I'm not sure I would tell them that, really. And what do I mean by authoritarian rule? India's a democracy, right? Wouldn't those people be free citizens in India? Question mark. And oh, but no, you would be wrong for thinking that. Pull up your Freedom House democracy score map. Look at India, sitting at a 64 out of 100, partly free democracy in the color yellow. Then go just north to Indian Kashmir. And notice, it is a 27 out of 100, not free, with a star next to it, meaning... India rules Kashmir a lot more authoritarian-like than it rules itself. So now, you know the how. You know the when, you know the why of the conflict in Kashmir. Next question.
is what happens next. Well, India has already started a security crackdown in the region and has killed several individuals they believe, or at least are reporting, are responsible for some of these civilian killings. You know, every time something happens in Kashmir, India goes into security crackdown. And that's what's currently happening right now. And Prime Minister Modi of India? Well, he is a far-right Hindu nationalist, so don't look for any compromise anytime soon coming from his government. Instead, what we need to be thinking about is, well, how long does his government really have left? Question mark? Because while we could go into the whole Pakistani side of it, that part of the equation is exceedingly important too. However, as long as Prime Minister Modi keeps winning elections in India, there is likely no compromise or change to be made. So, let me leave you with a few thoughts, or rather, some questions. Because I can't give you all the answers in one short episode, and nor can one person figure all of this out. You know, as of now, Moody is extremely popular. But Indian politics are quite dynamic, and things can surely change. However, that doesn't necessarily mean it will usher in a new prime minister or ruling party that is sympathetic to the call for Kashmir independence. Can't make that assumption. However, however, what do you think out there? What other options are there? How else could this violence end? You know, you have a brain. You have your own thoughts. Use them. Be creative. Write in. How can the Kashmir conflict end? People have been asking this question for 74 years. Perhaps it's time the question was asked to you. And as always, I'm curious your thoughts. And that's a brief snapshot of what's going on in the world today. And are you interested in writing into the show? Follow us on YouTube, Instagram, myself on LinkedIn, email us, let your voice be heard. Because always remember that Lo-Fi poli is more than just me. It's the we that we be. Peace and well-being to all my human beings out there. Much love and always the best. Pickering, signing off.